2 Corinthians chapter number 9, just a few verses that I want to open up with. I love the Word of God. I love every part of the Word of God. I enjoy preaching the Word of God. Uh, but so I'll be honest with you, there's some subjects where uh, really you're just kind of worried to touch on because some people say uh, you shouldn't say that. Uh, you shouldn't talk about those sort of things in church. But the Word of God has a lot to say about money. The Word of God has a lot to say about finances. Uh, the Word of God, and especially in the book of Proverbs, you go through the book of Proverbs, and I want to I encourage you to do this. Take your five psalms and one proverb every mo- day of the week or every day of the month, and when you get done with those 31 days, you will have read through every one of the pr- uh, chapters in Proverbs and in chapters of Psalms. So you take that with your daily devotion, do that, and it'll be a blessing to you. But pro- uh, Proverbs has much to say about uh, your finances. But then also, and as a matter of fact, it, it, well, I want to get you here, Proverbs chapter Chapter number three, everybody knows this verse. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Everyone remembers that verse. But most people stop in chapter number three there. But if we actually look down, you go a little further down. In chapter number three, verse number nine, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. That is your money. That is your things. We all have things that we can do. We have our temple. That is our body. We have our tithe that we can give to God. We have our talents that we can give to God. Each and every one of us have been giving something, a special gift that we can do. But all of us have been blessed with a certain amount to be able to give back. God has given to us, every one of us, something that we can give. And if we do that and we give and we give faithfully, then I know that God has told us that he will faithfully be good to us. In in Psalm chapter number 37, verse number 25, uh, David, the psalmist, is saying this. He's saying that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging for bread. And I'm thankful that we have that. But when we get to 2 Corinthians, everybody says, well, tithing is in the Old Testament. Well, tithing and giving, the principle is taught in the New Testament as well. And we should give back to the Lord's house. We should give back how God... Some of us has been given a great uh, sum. Some of us have been given a little sum. Some of us has been given somewhere in the middle. But all of us have been given something to do. Now, it's very simple. You say, well, what is the principle of tithing? Well, it's very simply this. You got a dollar, it takes 10 cents. Praise the Lord. Boy, and you go on and you go on further and further and further there. And then we'll have the mathematicians do the rest of the math uh, the rest of the time. But uh, so thankful that we have that. But then the second Corinthians chapter number nine, look at verse number six with me. And this is probably what some of you heard in your uh, lessons this morning. But look what this Bible verse says. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him, what's that word? Give. Not grudgingly, oh my, nor of necessity. Hmm. For God loveth a cheerful giver. That word cheerful, uh, Brother Landon, actually means that you're just hilariously laughing. Hilariously excited. Now uh, I've heard that I've heard the old story about the the man that went up and he was giving and he was uh, go ahead and to give into the the offering plate. And when he got done, uh, he went to his wife and uh, said, "Well, hey, let's go eat." And then he got through and uh, he's going to try to pay his bill, brother Dustin. And he found he's looking for that hundred dollar bill that he was looking for, and he couldn't find it. And he said. I know I had a $100 bill in my wallet this morning when we went to church. I don't know where that $100 bill went to. 
And she said, well, did you give it in church? She said, oh, he said, oh, no. I think I gave that $100 bill. I meant to give a dollar. I gave a hundred. She said, don't worry, you didn't get credit for 99 of those anyway. Boy, that's, that's the attitude in which you're giving it. The, the, the action, though, is, is taught here. That we're supposed to be giving excitedly. You enjoy to be give, giving to God and giving to God's house and giving to God's people. We should support missionaries. We should support the house of God. Uh, not just because we have to. That is one of those things. And the application that we have is the fact that we, we are not the ones that are giving because we have to. We, we need not do that. Well, I was told to, but I don't want to. Have you ever had one of your kids? I got an amen before I even said it, praise God. Have you ever had one of your kids really just not want to do something, but they did it because you had told them to? But yet here, grudgingly, or uh, uh, to, to be able to not give grudgingly, or out of a necessity, those are not the things that, that we should be giving, but we should be giving cheerfully and excitedly. The action of, give, of giving is what we all should be doing, giving to God's house, being able to do that principle to say that I will give, I will give, I will give, and then that action turns into an application of showing others and to be able to apply to how I'm going to be able to give and enjoy what I'm giving and enjoy every, every part of that and enjoy that good time that you have with the Lord's money that He has already blessed you with. He's given it to you in the first place. But we all have a good thought when we begin to go into what the direction that these really verses that I feel that really begin to open up. And Pastor really has, has given me this opportunity to just kind of lay the groundwork to be able to do this. And I'm saying that, that boy, our attitude is real serious. And when we get our attitude right about giving, then our giving is going to get a whole lot easier and enjoyable. And we'll have a good time. And, Pastor, you come on ahead. Wasn't that wonderful? And I appreciate the principles God lays down in the Bible. I want you to turn to the New Testament, Gospel of Luke, chapter number 6. And while you're turning there, I, I hope you are getting these devotionals that our staff is putting out each week going through this theme of our Sunday school program on the, the building. And there are some wonderful articles written uh, by Brother Harper, Brother Cron, my son, and Brother Shane, Brother Tom, and myself, just little articles on giving and each week. And if you'll save all of these little devotionals uh, at the end of this program, you'll have a good little booklet on what God expects out of our Christian life. And I believe it will be a help and encouragement to you. Now, most of the time, when we think of the Beatitudes, we think about the Gospel of Mark, of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, tells you and I how to be blessed. But tonight, I want us to come to Luke's rendition of those same truths, where he deals with what we call the Beatitudes. And that's just simply how to live the blessed Christian life. And there are a lot of wonderful practical subjects dealt with uh, in these Beatitudes, how to be blessed. For instance, he talks about mercy, showing others mercy. I want to tell you, you want to be blessed? Be merciful to somebody. He talks about considering the poor, considering the needy. Uh, you want to be blessed? Put others before yourself. 
I think I'll say that one again. Put others before yourself. Uh, he deals with forgiveness, how we're to forgive one another. And you want to be blessed. One of the greatest blessings I ever received is when I open my heart and forgive others. And by the way, I've heard people say, well, I can't forgive somebody if they don't ask me to. Where did you read that in the Bible? Jesus cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I'm not hearing one person before that cross ask him for that. And so I'm telling you to be blessed. But of course, then we deal in our text with the subject of giving, the ministry of giving, the blessing of giving, how to be happy, how to be blessed. And, and I want to just build on that little verse you said a while ago, the Lord loveth that you're forgiver. I've never seen a person that's a good giver be a grouch. For some reason, I've never seen a person who is a good giver be a grouch. Most people that I know that are good givers, and by the way, I'm talking more than just your tithe and offering, giving yourself, giving your time, giving your talents, giving your energy, giving your strength, not just your money, but giving your all. And most people that I know that have learned the joy and the blessing of being a giver, they're just as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. Now, I don't know how happy a dead pig is in the sunshine, but if that's happy, I want to be happy. And I praise God for the joy, the blessing, the privilege of giving. I'm going to read this verse, and then we're going to go into it in just a moment. Notice what Jesus said. I am the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitude, how to be blessed. In Luke chapter 6, and verse number 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, right now, that's a promise. That is a promise. Give, and it shall be given unto you. And then he goes on and tells us how we're going to receive back what we have given. He said, given it shall be given unto you. You ready? Number one, say it with me, good measure. Number two, press down. Number three, shaken together. Number four, Running over. I don't think there's any businessman in the world that wouldn't want to get in on an annuity program that pays this kind of dividends. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. God said that's how you're going to get back what you have invested. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the same measure that ye meet or distribute or give, the same measure that ye meet withal shall be measured unto you. And he's dealing with the joy, the privilege, the blessing of giving. Let, let me give you three or four statements I've heard all my life about giving. And one of them just seems to resonate in my heart. I've heard it said, and I'm sure you have too, you can't outgive God. You ever heard a preacher say that? You can't outgive God. Well, how many would agree with that statement tonight? You 
can't out give God. Here's another statement that I've heard before. Boy, that's, this is powerful. God will never be indebted to any man. Now think of that statement. God will never be indebted to any man. Uh, God doesn't owe me, I owe God. God is not in debt to me, I'm in debt to God. Brother, God will never be indebted to any man. God will never owe you like we owe him. And that goes along with that statement, you can't outgive God. Uh, here is a country, a uh, little uh, phrase I heard about giving. Listen to this one. Heard it all my life. When you're giving to God with a shovel, he'll have a backhoe backed up to your house. Now, I'm sure some of these young people are wondering what one of them is. But here it is. A shovel is a little thing about that big where they dig a little hole in the ground. And God said, if you're giving with a shovel, he said, I'll have more than a shovel. I'll have a big old bulldozer, a backhoe backed up to your house, dumping it on you because you can't outgive God. Listen to this statement. Well, I heard a preacher say this when I was a little boy. Never forgot it. Listen to this one. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you're loving and giving. Let me say that again. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you're loving and giving. And Jesus made that statement. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. So think about some of these statements tonight. You can't outgive God. God will never be indebted to any man. When you're given a shovel, God will give a backhoe. And you can never be more like Jesus than when you're giving. But I believe the statement that I heard about giving, when I was a little boy, the one that's really moved and shaped my own giving life, is this one. You ready? And it's based on this verse. You ready? Givers always have something to give. Say that for a little phrase with me tonight. Givers always have something to give. And I've heard people say a lot of times, well, I can't afford to be a giver. I say we can't afford not to be a giver. Because givers just seemingly always have something to give. Now, I don't know of any married couple, no matter if they grow up in church or not, or one grows up a Baptist and one grows up an Episcopalian, I don't know of a little married couple that hadn't had to sit down and, and set some perimeters in their life they were going to live by. And so when me and Miss Arthur were uh, in that stage of, her setting the parameters, I mean, me setting the parameters uh, of things that would and would not take place. When we came to this subject, when we came to this subject, she was very adamant about it. She said, I've always been a giver. I've always been a tither. And we, as a couple, will always be givers. And will always be tithers. And she was adamant about this. And she said, if it comes down, do we have to choose? Now, listen to what she said. If it comes down to where we have to choose between God 
or us. God wins every time. That's what she said. She said, because I just believe givers always have something to give. She said, I believe if we'll put God first and give God first and do right by God first, God will meet our needs in a miraculous way. And she is so adamant about this. I'll tell her, hey, man, I was over there the other night preaching in uh, Commerce, Georgia, and Austin, uh, your, boy, your, your future son-in-law over there, his grandmother come to hear me. And I love it when Austin's grandmother comes to hear me. I pray she comes to hear me more. Because every time Austin's grandmother comes to hear me, she brings me a $50 bill. I mean, I'm preaching in California, and I'm hoping she'll fly out there and show up for that meeting. She'll always grease my palm with that $50 handshake. I love it. I love Austin's grandmother. She is a wonderful Christian. <laughs> She's a dear, blessed saint of God. Or I can tell Julia, hey, Julia, one of my business acquaintances I know said he knew we'd been kind of having to take a little time off, and he blessed me, and uh, he wrote us a check for such and such. And boy, I like such and such, don't you? And uh, But I'm telling you, if I tell her that we have had a handshake, or somebody's blessed me, on, I call it blessing on the side. At the end of the month, when we're figuring up our tithes, she said, okay, what'd we earn? What'd we make? I'm like, I went out and done all the preaching, but you want to know what we earn, what we make? Boy, that was bad, wasn't it, Richard? That's how, like something Shane would say. She said, anybody shook your hand? Anybody send us any money in the mail? I, I, and I picked out a book. I said, now, baby, we tithe on our salary. We tithe on our honorariums. We tithe on our love offerings. We tithe on our, she said, we tithe on everything around here. We tithe on handshakes. We tithe on birthday presents. Lord, have mercy. The only thing I know to do is do it or quit telling her about it when I get blessed on the side. And then my conscience will bother me because that's a parameter she set in our family. That's her parameter. She set that one. And I'm all for it because her family, the way she was raised as a little girl, instilled into her not just the duty, the necessity, but the joy of giving. I will never forget this. One thir one Friday night, I preached for uh, my dear friend, whom I miss like a brother, Dr. R. Larry Brown. And I preached for him for 23 years in a row on the Friday night before Mother's Day. And I remember Joseph and Joanna were just uh, little boys and girls. And we was over there, and, and their youth group was selling what they call Holy Ghost handkerchiefs. And it's a big old white handkerchief. And it had on there, we need a uh, sin-killing, devil-chasing, hell-fighting, soul-stirring, I mean, a long thing, revival. Their choir sung that. And they were selling them things for $5. And I remember going into the tabern uh, under the tent at that time. Julie said, I need $10, five for Joe and five for Joanna. So I'm fiddling around there trying to get to the pulpit, and I give her that money. 
And I get through preaching. She's got this big grin on her face. And she holds up this handful of wadded tens and twenties. And I said, what's all of that? She said, givers always have something to give. She said, I, I bought them two handkerchiefs from that little youth group. And, and I started to tell Brother Larry, I guess you're going Pentecost with them, hand, with them handkerchief gifts there. And uh, he, she said, baby, we gave $10, five for Joanna, five for Joseph, and said, before this service was over, I just had all kind of people coming by. Here, I want to give you this. Here, I want to give you this. Here, I want to give you that. I'm just telling you, you can't beat God's program. You can't beat God's program. And let me encourage you tonight, if you have never discovered the blessing, the privilege, the honor of being a giver, you are missing out on one of the great secret blessings of God. Because givers always have something to give. Quickly tonight, three things. Write them down. Number one, the motive of our giving. The motive of our giving. I believe tonight the greatest motive in the Bible for giving is found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. I believe this is the greatest motive, the greatest incentive, the greatest example, the greatest inspiration for all of us to be a giver. John three sixteen. You know it well. Have you ever thought about it in the light of giving? Well, that's the very first part of the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know, I'm glad Jesus died for me. I'm glad Jesus arose for me. I'm glad Jesus came into my heart when I received him as my Savior. But he could not have died for us and rose for us and lived for us had not God given him. And can I remind you tonight, when God gave Jesus, I used to say, when God gave Jesus, he gave his best. Oh, but it's more than that, Matt. When God gave Jesus, he gave his all. For God so loved the world that he gave. And God is setting that as a principle that our giving it's pretty much based on our love. God so loved us that he gave. And I believe tonight we ought to so love God that we give. My daddy used to make this statement. He said, I heard a preacher say one time, if you get a man's pocketbook, you got him. And my daddy said, no, son, that's not right. It's not right if you get a man's pocketbook, you got him. He said, if you get his heart, you got the man, you got the pocketbook and everything that goes with him. And I believe tonight we ought to give because we love God. We ought to give because we got a heart of love and appreciation. In fact, our, our, our love for God is even based on his love for us. You say, where do you get that? It said, we love him because he first loved us. You realize tonight if God had not taken the initiative, 
and loved us first and showed us how to love and gave us the capacity and the ability to love, we wouldn't be able to love him or others back. But because the love of God, hallelujah, it shed abroad in our heart when the Holy Ghost came in. And that heart of love and that heart of gratitude and that heart of affection, it's not selfish. It is not self-centered. It is not give me, give me, give me. But man, it opens up your heart and makes you want to give to the Lord. Because that's the motive of our giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. Brother Angelie back there and I have some of the same heroes growing up. One of my heroes was a man named Zeno Gross. Dr. Zeno Gross pastor of the Great Woodland Baptist Church in Winston-Salem for 54 years. Every time I hear somebody staying 54 years, I get encouraged. I'm just getting started. And uh, at the end of that 54 years, God let me preach a revival for him. The last one he had right before he retired. And man, I'm over there one day and I'm all toe up about a bunch of stuff. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Joe, can I tell you how to keep from getting ministerial ulcers? I said, what is that? Can I help you to tell you how to keep from having a pastor, evangelist, preacher, nervous breakdown? He said, all those things that you are preaching and demanding and suggesting that People do because it's in the Bible. He said, son, he said, if you can just get, now listen to what he said. If you can just get a congregation of people to fall absolutely head over heels, madly in love with Jesus Christ, all that stuff that you're commanding and demanding and hollering and begging, he said they'll do all of that and won't even remember you asking them to. Because when you fall in love with Jesus Christ, everything else falls in line in your life. I believe we witness because we love the Lord. We go to church because we love the Lord. And we give because we love the Lord. I'm here tonight because I love the Lord. And I want to emphasize what I did this morning. There are some things I do because I've been told to. But I found this out. When I do it because I'm told to, it won't be long until I want to. Because love is the motive of our giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. And when you and I love right, I believe with all my heart, we'll give right. So the Bible talks about the motive of our giving. Then secondly, the Bible talks about the ministry of our giving. Did you know that giving is a ministry? You say, now what is a ministry? It is something that you do for others. And let me say this tonight. Others are always blessed by and through our giving. Let me ask you this. How many got saved because maybe you heard the gospel preached on the radio? Maybe you heard the gospel preached on a television program. Maybe somebody handed you a gospel tract. Richard, maybe somebody from a little church came and knocked on your door. Or, or maybe you sat in a church like this in a chair or in a pew with heat in the winter and air in the summer and lights in the evening time. 
And your life has been blessed because you heard somebody preach the gospel, sing the gospel, save the gospel. You know what that's a result of? Somebody giving their money to God and you're getting the blessing of it. It's God's money that bought the radio time. It's God's money that bought the television time. It's God's money that printed the printed material. It's God's money that built the buildings. It's God's money that buys the pews. It's God's money that turns on the lights. How many were blessed this morning in the service? How many feel like somebody else was blessed? Well, I looked over that tricky Ricky and I said, man, why he didn't raise his hand that he was blessed this morning. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? Well, he wasn't here this morning. He's preaching somewhere else. How many were blessed this morning? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many are givers to the church? How many give to this ministry in a monetary way? Others were blessed today because the lights was on and the, and the doors was open and the property was presentable for somebody to come in. I'm telling you, others are blessed by your ministry. Others are blessed by your giving. Since we went on this worldwide web thing, it blows my mind. It's almost like you have a television program. I walk into a church and they'll say, man, I enjoyed the Roy singing Sunday. Well, they didn't sing here. I know, but they sung, but, but I watched Harvest. Man, I enjoy Brother Tom and that choir. You've never been to our church? No, but we watch every Sunday. And I don't mind when people, uh, when they get home from their church, watch it. But one lady in a certain state told me, she said, my church is so dead. I watch y'all while our services are going on. I said, don't tell your preacher. Man, we keep these lights on. We keep the bills paid. Others are blessed through your ministry. How many appreciate that preacher that was preaching when you got saved? Aren't you glad for the little Sunday school teacher or the gospel singer or the soul winner? But others are blessed through the ministry of giving. Boy, let me hammer this right here. There's a many a soul. They're not our color, and they're not our creed, and they're not our nationality. Never been to America, probably never heard of America, won't ever come to America. They'll never see the flag. They'll never see the Statue of Liberty. They'll never see the traffic in Atlanta. But, buddy, you gave your money, and some little missionary went up the Amazon River, Went to the jungles of Africa. Woo! Went to the streets of Mexico. Went to the Philippine Islands. Bless God, went to Pike County, Georgia. Amen. Oh, and began to start churches and pre- preach the gospel. I'll tell you something. One of the things about heaven, Joe, I'm looking forward to. is when they come from the north and the south and the east and the west. Glory, hallelujah. Wearing golden crowns and white robes that were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And I want to say, hey, harvest, look at here. We casted our bread upon the waters. And now she's coming back in full fold. And heaven will be populated with people that got saved through the ministry of giving. The missionary reached them. The airways reached them. The printed page reached them. Hey, others are blessed through our giving. 
And I really believe this. I really believe this. God has blessed us so we can bless others. Son, come in and hold your daddy's microphone. Where I can use it. Here's most people's idea of giving or getting. But here it is. You're holding that microphone good, boy. Man, we don't reach up and get it and hold on to it, but we're channels of blessings. We're not reservoirs. We're channels. The ministry of giving. Others are blessed by your giving. That's why where they always say, the sun never sets on the ministry. And one of the greatest investments, one of the greatest investments, one of the greatest investments that this church in 38 years has ever made is right over there with Brother Barrios and his family. And that Spanish church sets across here every Sunday morning and every Thursday night. Brother, it's been our joy. It's been our privilege. We're clipping coupons, man. Yeah. You say, well, what about our foreign missions? What we're going to do? Let the Spanish population go to hell that lives in our back door? No. We're going to give them the same gospel and the same love and the same invitation. Why? Because of the ministry of giving. Others are blessed by our ministry. And there's a lot of things our church don't have right. Somebody said, bless God, everything ain't perfect around here. I know that. You don't have to remind me. You don't have to remind me. I remind myself. There's one thing our church got many, many years ago. Got it down and got it down right. Give and it shall be given unto you. We may not have some of the so-called standards other churches have, and we may do things a little different from other churches, and, and blah, 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 blah. But there's one thing we got down, and we got her down right. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because we've never been lacking. Because of the ministry of giving. You realize tonight we bless others through our giving. You touch other people's lives through your giving. So we see the motive of giving. We see the ministry of giving. But in our text, and I'm done, I see the measure of giving. What is the measure? Here it is. You can't outgive God. What is the measure? Givers always have something to give. What is the measure? Give and it shall be given unto you. Man, here's a word picture. A powerful Word picture, in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The word picture here is a sack that the seed and the sower. And he goes and he puts that seed 
in his bag. But man, he wants to be a good sower, so he wants his more and more and more to sow. So they fill it up. But he knows there's some more room, so he presses it down. But he wants more, and he knows there's more, so he kind of shakes it together and presses it down again. And finally, it can't hold anymore until it's just running over. And as he's walking to sow his seed, because it has so much it can't contain him, it's running over. He is sowing seed in places he don't even realize he's a sowing. But one day a little green shoot comes up out of the ground and you can say, "Uh uh-huh, a sower's been by this way. And God said, man, you just give and I'll give it back to you. He said, I'll give it in good measure. I'll fill it up. And then there's room for more and I'll... I'll press it down. And God said, that's room for more. I'll shake it together. And God said, for you know it, man, it's running over and you're blessing people. You don't even realize you're blessing. You sow it in places you don't even realize. Because God said, here's the measure. The measure you distributed, that's how I'm coming back to your life. Brother Shane quoted this verse, but here it is, Malachi chapter number 3, verse 10 again. God said, if you'll bring them tithes into the storehouse, he said, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing where there's not even enough room to receive. That sounds like to me good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. I don't know anybody tonight that wouldn't want the windows of heaven opened in your business. I don't know of anybody that wouldn't want the windows of heaven opened up mm, in your family. I don't know of anybody tonight wouldn't want the windows of heaven opened in your home and in your life. And I know this, I don't think there's a church anywhere that doesn't want the windows of heaven open upon their ministry. And God said, here, here's how you get the windows of heaven open. Be a giver and give right and give faithful and give strong. And God said, when you're giving it out, I'll be pouring it down because the windows of heaven are open. The blessings are flowing tonight. There's joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made everything right. I traded my old tattered garments. He gave me a robe of pure white. I'm feasting on manna from heaven. Whoop! And that's why I'm happy tonight. Because I'm living under the open windows of heaven. Because you remember, givers always have something to give. I don't want to be stingy. Let me say that again. I don't want to be stingy. I don't want to be self-centered. Some of the greatest blessings I've ever received is after God has laid on my heart to go above and beyond duty and give and it shall be given 
unto you. I believe God blesses an individual that gives. I believe God blesses a family that gives. And I believe God blesses a church that gives. Would you agree with this in closing tonight? Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy. Let's stand together, Lord, we love you.